Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Delphian podcast. My name is Benjamin Murphy and as always I'm joined by Nick J.S. Thompson. Hello. Hello. This week we're joined by Rachel McCulley, an Australian artist whose perfectly ordered abstract works are created using a combination of bold and muted colours. The complete harmony of her works is calm and serene and promotes a quiet contemplation in the viewer. Hello. 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 How are you doing? Good, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. So let's dive in. Um, So firstly, why are you an artist? Um, I guess probably the same reason that most artists are artists, that they feel the need to be. Uh, it's not, you know, the most secure or lucrative profession. So I think Absolutely it's not, not something yeah. that people would just choose if they didn't feel the need yeah. to create. Uh, I wasn't always an artist. You know, I found my way kind of back here after studying the arts after many years. Um, and I felt that hole in my life for a very long time. So I guess now I'm an artist to fulfill that need. Okay, so do you, like kind of going back to something you just said then, do you think um, to be an artist, you naturally have to be slightly reckless and a little bit kind of no plan B, um, that kind of person? Um, I, mm, I don't Or at least to pursue it as, so. a, as a career because of how unstable it is. And... You have to be brave, I think, in a way to do it. Um, Look, it is probably smart having a plan B because, you know, you're not assured of success. But, um, yeah, I think there's lots of different types of personalities in the game. Yeah, what kind of personality are you? Well, I'm, I'm a bit of a combo. Like, I can be really impulsive and reckless, but I also have, like, an analytical side and a need for some kind of security I think in my life so and that's why I did that plan B stuff first yeah mm. what was your plan B um so with education I guess you know I started off doing contemporary arts and then I started to panic towards the end of the degree thinking oh shit you know what am I going to do after this what am I going to do to earn an income and so I picked up some marketing units to help with a right. yeah a more steady job maybe mm. after uni um I did some stuff for a while I actually went back to uni and did a dip ed as well so I could be a teacher. I did that for one year and discovered I have really little patience. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's there in case I want to use it in future. So how do you balance um, the gestural marks with the more ordered geometric shapes? Um, is it planned or is it more instinctual as you're, as you're going along? Um, I used to you know, get out a, a new canvas and I'd find it really overwhelming. I think I just get frozen by too much choice. And so I started doing textile arts about four years ago. And um, for that, I think planning is quite integral because you can't backtrack. You know, when you're doing weaving, you can't go back and change that colour. And so planning is super important. Um, And so that was a bit of a game changer for me. And I started using my phone a lot to do digital sketches and because I was so time poor. Uh, at the time because I was working part-time, had a couple of kids. Um, I could do that anywhere. So on the train, on the way to work, sitting in front of the TV for five minutes. Um, 
so yeah, so planning, planning was super important. Um, I also use that as a tool during the process. So I, I plan it out quite detailed and then so I start the work and then probably midway through I might start to question some of the things I'm doing and, and go back and change it and it is quite intuitive I suppose there's no um, I don't know what uh, there's no particular knowledge that I have that that kind of says oh that would work here or there it's a matter of feeling what's right and I really love that problem solving process I think you know I get a lot of energy from that and just seeing you know, making a mark and seeing what happens when you add another element and it's this game back and forth until you get it right and it's really satisfying when you do. Have you ever considered or would you ever consider exhibiting one of those digital drawings? Yeah, I guess I would. Yeah. Um, I haven't really thought about it before because I think... David Hockney exhibits... I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely, um, I think, inspired me to just start using the phone more after seeing that one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in future. They are quite, like, you know, it's really small on my phone. I don't know how it'll come up. But yes, back tries and they go as big as you want. Yeah, there you go. In time, so. maybe you'll see it. So your work is inspired by, according to something I read online, don't know by who, um, it's inspired by mundane everythings, everyday things. Mm -hmm. How do you create such interesting work from such banal subject matter? Um, I think there's a lot of beauty in, in everyday things that just gets overlooked you know because we see it every day and because it's functional perhaps but I get inspired by um I don't know everything around me I've always been one to kind of stop and notice you know on a walk around the neighborhood something beautiful that might just be sitting randomly in an alley somewhere and you know the way that the, the colors and the lines intersect and stuff um and also just lack of choice you know when you're stuck at home with kids sometimes <laughs> and you can't go to many places you can't go out much um, you're limited by that and so you start to find more and more inspiration in, in what's around you. You know, it could be a, a stack of um, cups or some of the kids' toys and how they're randomly arranged at the time. And um, Textiles is becoming more of a more of an inspiration. So um, just looking at people's clothes when they're walking past and um, patchworks, of course, are becoming more and more important. The, the quilts. That are so often overlooked, I think, because they're probably a traditional feminine craft hobby. So, do you find art therapeutic then? As if you, if it, everything, if everything's quite hectic or around Definitely. you. Definitely, yeah. And then your yeah. works are quite ordered. Yeah. Totally. That's um, that's me to a T. Yeah. So I started um, I started weaving really as a bit of an art therapy because I I struggle with um, panic attacks. And so it helps to get out of my head and into my hands. And so I started doing that. Mm. And, um, and painting kind of progressed from there. I started getting frustrated by the end. I was like trying to create paintings with wool. And um, so I ended up changing mediums. But the way I guess that I, I paint, it's, it's trying to create a, a bit of an emotional response in myself, maybe as well as the viewer. Um, I'm always trying to create some level of control in my environment to keep that, that panic and anxiety at bay. And, you know, I do that by doing those kind of stripped back forms. And I think we're also bombarded every day with content and all our devices. You know, I just can't get a look at shit sometimes and I just need to create some kind of stillness 
Mm. So are you, in your work, are you, are you trying to elicit an emotion in the viewer or are you trying to record an emotion of your own? Or neither or a combination? <laughs> Maybe it's a combination. I don't know. Like, why do we create what we create? Sometimes you're just trying to analyse it in hindsight. You know, why did I do this? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, with, when I'm painting it, I do want the viewer to often, um, like with the, the stripped back more of the mono pieces that I do, I guess I'm trying to create some kind of, I don't know, like empowering sense or some kind of strengthening element and, and the stillness for the viewer, whereas the patchworks are a lot more lively and colourful and playful and energetic and I often switch between them depending on my mood. And so I guess that would elicit a similar response from the viewer. Mm. How do you balance creating freely and, and for the fun of it, and also um, being aware that it's going to be seen by other people, if that's through social media or to, in an exhibition? Um, I guess most of the time you are just you know, creating what you want to create because that's just mm. the style. Um, there are other things that I want to try and it's a matter of just having the time to, to do that, I guess. Um, when you're not working to deadlines for a show, that's when, you know, you start playing around with other stuff. Uh, it might not be stuff that I want to display because maybe it's, it would be confusing for the viewer to kind of see something random mushed in mm. with the other works, but um, I'm trying to carve out more time to do that experimentation and play this year. So going back to something you said about um, your inspirations coming from these everyday objects, how much of your work is representational and how much of it is abstract? Similar to you know, it confuses me. Yeah. I don't even know sometimes. I <laughs> like the uh, you know the the works that I do there, like the everyday totems, yeah. idle hands. Like I got I got inspired originally from seeing my kids building with Duplo. Yeah. And then noticing the stacks of cups and the plates and random things around the house. Um, so I'm not representing them as such, but they definitely inspired it. Yeah. And they actually morphed into the patchworks. I wasn't trying to create a patchwork. I was kind of doing them horizontally at the start. And that made me go, oh, hang on, this is kind of like patchwork quilts. And yeah, shit. And I started looking at um, like thinking about the stuff around the house. And now they are becoming more like a patchwork quilt style painting. I don't know. I don't know what the hell <laughs> I get sometimes. It just is what it is. So last night we touched on this very briefly, didn't we, in the pub? Um, and we were talking about kind of having two different but obviously linked styles of work and knowing whether to kind of focus on one and do that consistently um, or to change it up and be a bit more experimental yeah, and not yeah. really worry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, should I be doing just one style and becoming known for that? Because I feel like maybe I should be. That seems I mean, to be a thing, right? that's a question a lot of right? artists struggle with. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't think I could do it for one thing. I would just get bored as fuck. And I need... And then the viewers will probably... Yeah, maybe that too. Yeah. I need variety. Like, that's super important to me. And I just get bored really easy. And my mood's really changeable. Um, so when I'm feeling a bit less energised and a bit more contemplative then I usually work on the bigger shape works and more of the mono stuff and 
um, when I'm up at 2 a.m. with too much Red Bull and listening to 80s pop, I'll start <laughs> doing my patchworks. <laughs> um, what are your intentions when you approach a canvas when you first start? Um, to have fun, I guess. I want to enjoy the process. Yeah. I need, I need that. Um, but I am often working, you know, to a plan. So I want to execute on that plan. Um, I often, if I'm working on a show, I have a lot of them sketched out in advance because I want them to all work together. What do you do when you're struggling for inspiration? How do you find it? Um, I visit a gallery. That definitely helps. Like when I'm a bit you know, dry up, I would definitely go out and visit somewhere. I often don't really look online or Instagram for it. I, I find when I get to that point where I'm low on inspiration, I kind of need to get away from all that for a while or maybe just get a bit depressed by it. You're like, oh, I'm shit. What am I going to do now? Um, but I also don't force it. Like I trust that it'll come and sometimes, you know, I don't I don't want to paint for a week so I won't. And, and by the end of that week I feel that need to or something will come to me and, you know, I, I have little breakthrough moments and I'll think of, you know, 20 ideas in a day mm. and other times I think a week's passed, you know, I've got nothing left, I'm done, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all get that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's impossible to force it when you're not feeling it as well. Totally. Some people can, like, they're really dedicated and they'll just do it every day and they get to work, but oh, I'm just not like that, it's not me. There are parts of it. So there's a great quote, I think, by maybe Hemingway or someone basically along the lines of um, amateurs look for inspiration, the rest of us just work. And I think... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so with, with what I do, I, if, I, if I just can't get in the zone to draw, I'll just do something really mindless, like just the mindless patterns or prepare yeah. some glass or... Yeah. When I, I guess when I feel a bit guilty, like when it's been, you know, a little couple of days has passed and I might... Um, to start you know playing around with colors and even if nothing's really working sometimes i do a couple of sketches on my yeah. phone mm. what do you reckon the biggest obstacle has been in uh you've had to overcome in your career so far confidence yeah. i think is okay. the biggest one i mean it's it took me a long time to um have the guts to create the work and put it out there um i think for so long i was just like you know who am i no one wants to see this, I can't do this. I think when I was at school, I was just shown a lot of um, realistic work and I never wanted to create that. I don't have the patience. I'm sure I don't have the skill. And so I kind of just put it out of my head for a long time thinking, oh, well, you're not an artist, you're not a painter. And um, and I feel like social media has changed all that. You get more exposure to, to different types of art. And I wonder how different it would be if, I was in the education system now, mm. you know, and had all that um, extra stuff to, to look at and get inspired by. Um, yeah, so confidence, I think it takes a bit of courage to, to be creative and, and put yourself out there because you are showing a bit of your personality. You know, I think in the work that we create, we're projecting a bit of ourselves you know, onto mm. the canvas. Yeah. And, you know, people will judge you. Some people won't like it. So you've got to be prepared to, to deal with that. Yeah. Do you think that social media also helps with confidence as well when you're getting direct feedback from people? And oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you see other people, you know, doing work that mm. you're like, oh, no, 
you know, if, if people are liking that, then I'm sure they'll like mine. Or Yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely helped. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because it can also be very daunting seeing what's out there and there's Oh, yeah, you have those moments where you're like, oh, my God, I'm (laughs) shit. Look at this. Yeah, and there's just so many artists in the world, which I I never would have have, um, assumed it to be the way that it is without without things like Instagram. So is there anything that you wish you did more of or less of when you were first starting out? Um, Like, I, I sometimes wish that I could... Uh, get loose, you know, and, yeah. and be more raw in the way that I approach the paintings. And, you know, maybe I will one day. I'm definitely not at that point at the moment. Um, I I can't help my personality <laughs> gets in the way. And I do like that sense of control, I yeah. suppose. And And there's also this really annoying practical side of me that you know the the phone planning process is um, is also a, a practical decision because it's so much more time efficient to make the mistakes on a screen, yeah. mm-hmm. and and that's also less expensive because paint's really fucking expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still make the mistakes and you know need to paint over things, but no, you know I, I, it cuts me a bit sometimes thinking oh shit I just wasted thirty bucks of a tube of paint <laughs> to see it. <laughs> so, why is art important? Jesus. Why is art important? Um, it's a big question. I recently read a quote about it um, giving people hope. And I, was, I think maybe it's that Ninth Street Women book that I was um, that I'm in the middle of and how they created the fund, you know, during the war times to, to keep the art going because they see how important it is. Um, it's always been around. I often think about, you know, when when people are dancing, and I think, shit, we've been doing this for forever. And you think back to tribal times, and we've always had this in us, you know, this yeah. this creative bone to our body. So it's um it's part of being human. You know, we need to create. It's it's in us, and I think people need to be inspired and need to see beauty in the world where sometimes they can't see any yeah yeah i think art gives that do you think that artists should um ex- have to explain their work or do you think it's the public's role to to work it out for themselves i don't like to to over explain i like people just to feel what whatever they feel you know from viewing the work i don't want to um tell them what it means yeah it kind of takes the fun out of it, mm. I think. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that's the role of an artist. Um, if some, it might be important too, but I think if I'm ever asked to do an artist talk, I'll probably just say no because I don't want to. <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> I'm surprised do you didn't say no to this then. Me too. I hate this stuff. I can't believe it. <laughs> wow. Sorry, in that case. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. It's, it's good to do the things that, um, that make you uncomfortable. I had this really. Um, horrible experience recently with I know it's not public speaking but you know it's just you guys but the the thought that you know everyone's listening Um, I had to talk in front of 200 people and I fucking blanked out and like had a panic attack with the microphone and 
just had to smile my way through it and pretend it wasn't happening. And um, Sure, it went better than you thought. Well, apparently it was quite endearing. People were telling <laughs> me afterwards it was quite memorable. But it was horrifying and I don't think I'll ever be able to do it again. Scarring. Yep. There was... Um, Patty Smith was doing a... Was it a, a um, David Bowie song? Mm-hmm. Or a Bob Dylan song? And um, she had to stop the band halfway through. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, and then they started again and everyone on the internet was going wild for her. Like, that is the most amazing thing ever. Because she was like so overcome with emotion that she had to like stop and get it right. And it's yeah. Patty Smith who's like a, a megastar. I'm just Rachel, sorry. <laughs> Go down as well, I think. What's your daily routine like? How do you sort of motivate yourself in between day-to-day things? Um, so at the moment, we've got the kids at home. Which is wonderful and challenging. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give you much time to to do the things that you want or need to do. Mm. Uh, but um, squeeze it in. So, you know, we get, we get up and do the breakfast thing and do the life admin stuff. Um, I often, you know, I paint often in the house because otherwise, I would never paint. You know, it, it's the only option. And so um, often monitoring the kids in between, in between painting, I have to be careful of the mediums that I'm using. So, you know, yeah. using oil within little hand reach is <laughs> not often wise. And we often have um, uh, a three-year-old with oil paint hands oh. and clothes. And it's a bit chaotic. Um, a lot of the work happens at night. So after bedtime, you know, put them yeah. down. They refuse to go to bed for like two hours and are playing up there while we're yelling at them and painting. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I'm working to deadline, you know, I might be up till two in the morning and mm. it's really rough the next day because the kids are up at 6 a.m. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be hard. Uh, they're going to start school soon, so things are going to change. You're free. I know. So <laughs> that will, it should be really nice because um, be able to paint during the day more and get nights and weekends back so we can have some quality family time because I think that's suffering at the moment. Mm. Yeah. How's the move been to – so, yeah, if, if people don't know, Rachel's just moved to south of France from Australia. So how's that yes. been going? We absolutely love it. Um, feel like we're living the dream at the moment it's this really picturesque uh, village that we're in and we thought we'd try countryside living um and it's working out really well it's very green there's a few more spiders than i would like but they're Australia. friendly ones compared to australia more so it's than cool, australia. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um because you know that part of my personality that is impulsive decided to move to the south of france without speaking french so that has its challenges um, and I feel like a right dickhead a lot of the time. I have to go and do errands. And um, I kind of fake understand or speak French at the supermarket. Like I kind of think that they, they're asking me about a membership card. So I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and the next one's going to be this question. So I'll say this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just acting. Um, yeah, but it's it's awesome. We, we love it. And I think we're going to stay here for a few years and Amazing. see how it goes. We're not big planners, so we don't have, you know, a long-term plan. It's just take it as it comes. And as long as we enjoy it, I think we'll stay. Yeah. Mm. Artistically, do you think it's inspiring? And do you think your work will change now that you're in a different location? 
I found that it did quite quickly, actually. Um, In what way? I, I think because I had less pressures on me. So, you know, last year at home I was still working, you know, a part-time job and um, so busy, just so, so time for and stressed and I think I had to create those like really kind of stripped back organic kind of forms um, because of my mental state at the time and then moving here, be able to focus on art and family time you know just that less stress has a, has a big impact um, and so I started being able to, to get a bit busier on the canvas I think using, so they didn't need to have that calming effect yeah right? yeah I was able to do that more kind of high energy stuff and more colors and things going on mm. so that happened fairly quickly I was surprised at so when you're feeling shift. calmer your work looks less calm that's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So I think we've pretty much covered every topic available there. So mm-hmm. um, so thank you for having us and thank you for um, being involved in the podcast. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>